0: Here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today.
1: Thank you, John, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this podcast edition of Hope Along the Journey. As always, we are so delighted that you have taken this time out of your busy schedule to listen to today's podcast. And you're not going to be disappointed because I have here in the studio with me, Tim Throckmorton from Family Research Council, and you are going to just be thrilled to hear him today. Tim, it's good to have you today, brother. Mark, thank you for the privilege of being with you today. It's been fun talking to you. I just wish everybody could have heard our conversation before we got (laughs) on here. We we both grew up in love with radio when we were kids, and um, I think we got time. Tell me a little bit about your early involvement. Before we get into all the important stuff. Tell them a little bit about your involvement in radio. I think people would love well, to hear that.
2: Well, you know, the, we remember transistor radios. Yes, so, I mean, we yes. listened to the ball games maybe at night. Right. And listen to listen to certain stations and certain personalities that stood out mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I began working for Joy FM, uh, I, back in nineteen ninety seven, eight, nine, somewhere along there.
1: Yeah, that's just after they came off the Mayflower,
2: right? That's exactly <laughs> right. And and so I got to host the yeah. Saturday morning show and Segway songs. Wow. And um, you know i my my uh promo that was built it was it was like the the motel six commercial mm-hmm. and at the end the tagline was i said we'll leave the light on for you he'll have the coffee on for you so every mm-hmm. saturday morning i had the coffee on yeah. and that stuck with people in in the southern ohio and and uh, central kentucky yeah. area for that's, many years that's
1: yeah. great in fact uh you not only are with Family Research Council, which you're going to talk about here in just a moment, but you also kind of carry that coffee theme into your Saturday. <laughs> uh, you, you do kind of a podcast type of a video called Saturday Coffee. And a column. Coffee and a column. Well, coffee and column, yeah. About the same time I started in
2: the radio, I started writing a column for a uh-huh. local paper. Uh-huh. And that turned into now about 10 papers every wow. week, publish what I write. And so I take that column, and every Saturday morning, mm-hmm. I, I read it and with a cup of coffee. It was a suggestion of someone who yeah. liked what I wrote. So you ought to do that on Facebook. And that was back mm-hmm. when Facebook Live kind of took off. right. And right. so every Saturday morning. And now I've even got an official sponsor really I do believe it or not <laughs> it's a coffee company oh yeah <laughs> in in the Battle Creek Michigan called battle Creek dot, co- uh, battle Creek coffee dot com, uh, no battle Creek. Dot coffee but anyway they to ministry yes and okay. the, the funds uh-huh. they raise go to helping people delivered from uh human trafficking Yes, but uh, they ro- roast oh, their own great. coffee and send me a bag every so often which provides the that's official great. sponsorship <laughs> that's great well
1: and I and I've watched your uh your 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 podcast you do there on Facebook and it really is good and so listeners if i would encourage you to, to look look him up on Facebook uh, you would really enjoy it but let's get to what we kind of want to talk about today and, and i told you before we got in here to record that rather than me try to go through and explain to people what family research council is i'd like for you to just kind of talk about what i feel like and i know you feel like is one of the most vital ministries going on in this nation so Tell our listening audience a little bit about what this is all about. Thank you, Mark. In 1983, James Dobson felt it would be a good idea for
2: there to be a a voice, a biblical worldview voice in our nation's capital. And so we begin as a think tank and a policy organization, which we we still are. We still add our voice to uh, legislative issues. We still have strong relationships on Capitol Hill. We have folks who, in our policy shop, create perspectives on everything that happens, every issue that's going on from a biblical worldview. Uh, and when Tony Perkins came to, to be the president of the Family Research Council about 15 years ago, he brought a pastor's background to the yeah. uh, to the role. He pastored in Louisiana, uh, among other things. Mm-hmm. Grew up here in Cincinnati. Really? Went in the Marines, was a, a police officer, and then served in the legislature in Louisiana. And while there, see, saw the difference pastors mm-hmm. made when they came together, prayed with legislators, and... Voiced the uh, the values of the church in that arena, and so coming to FRC's helm, uh, he began what we call now the Watchman Pastors Network, which is about yes. fifteen thousand strong mm-hmm. nationally. Right, and this organization uh, pr- provides resources. We provide resources. Uh, for for pastors, church mm-hmm. leaders, organizational and ministry leaders, to to help them, aid them in speaking biblically to the culture on every topic, mm-hmm. uh, real time actually. So we have with our with our uh, app and our real time news feed on our webpage. Right. This is just real time information mm-hmm. that you can speak Sunday about something that happened earlier in the week or mm-hmm. the, the week before. And we have a vision where life is valued, families flourish, and religious freedom thrives. Those are the lanes that we mm-hmm. run in. Mm-hmm. And so speaking to those issues from a biblical perspective and every day, and I, I tell pastors as I, I work with them, my role as the Midwest Director of Ministry for FRC is, is, is to equip mm-hmm. you know, these leaders, and, I, and I, I tell them everybody in every church in America understands every cultural issue if it's a sexuality issue or an economic issue, or um, pick, pick the topic, a sanctity of human life issue. Right. Everybody understands those issues based on something. Now George Barner reveals that, that the number one influences in culture today aren't the church. Mo- they movies, their music, right. books, uh, the internet, then government, then family, and the church is way down the list. So if, if you want to speak biblically to these things, and I personally found over 22 years of pastoral ministry, Mark, that as I spoke biblically to the issues of culture, uh, people were drawn to that, and they mm-hmm. greatly appreciated that because they're getting all this other input and as this other news. But to speak biblically to those issues uh, makes a difference, and generationally it makes a difference. And so that's what FRC's vision is. That's what our resources can do, and we're just here to add value to the good work of pastors throughout America.
1: And you do a great job. I've I've been part of some of the, uh, the, the different activities online. I've joined pastors when they've been on a phone call with the president, vice president. I've been to some of the other activities here locally that have been held. And, and then you came to the ministerial. That's where I first met you was at the Bible Methodist Ministerial. And I remember, oh my, the awesome material that you had available to us there for us to be able to take with us. And I, I, I just applaud you and thank you for what you're doing, because you are giving us resources, and I think that's key, is, is to get those resources in the hands of pastors. I, I like what you said, and yet it frightens me that the church is weighed down here, uh, because in pastoring a church myself that is 70% under the age of 40, I see more than ever the influence of movies and media and music and all of that, and how those Messages probably more than ever are anti biblical. I mean, it's it, it just seems like whether it's a TV sitcom or whether it's a, any kind of new series, music, anything that's coming out, even Disney films are very much, in, and I don't, don't even know that it's subtle anymore. It's pretty right there in your face an attack and a front against Christian values. So, uh, talk a little bit more about this and because pastors again are front row people in our churches how would you what would you say to pastors today because maybe some of them don't feel like they're equipped to be able to address these issues what would you say to pastors today
2: well, you're right. We are the antithetical culture at this point. You know, at, at the beginning of the founding of this nation, we were the predominant culture. Right, and then we right. became the subculture, and now mm-hmm. we're, we're the opposite of, of what mainstream is in America. Mm-hmm. And for, for myself, you know, I began pastoring in 1996 after coming out of a career in the corporate world, than seeing you know the, the issues of the day in 1996 mm-hmm. and comparing them to today, it's just night and day. Right, and so we we usually don't get trained in in any really organized form mm-hmm. of ministry training at any level as to how to deal with these issues because you know the, the people we love and pastor. I mean, they're struggling and asking themselves questions. Oh yes, you know, yes. dealing with issues in their own family, mm-hmm. and so you know, we have to be resourceful and and gain insight and wisdom wh- wherever we can. And there aren't a lot of folks writing books about mm-hmm. how to speak to the transgender movement or right, how to speak right. to the LGBT movement mm-hmm. from a biblical perspective. And th- when th- that's the the real blessing of Dr. Dobson's vision. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was to speak to legislature and, and, and you know, the, uh, the, the, the courts and right. the administration, right. which we still do. But as Tony led us in this different direction, now we are able to provide cutting edge resources very well documented resources Mm -hmm. which we we desire and strive to be a trusted resource for pastors so you can quote us we'll tell you where we got our information we're always working with some of the best minds in america from hillsdale college to the heritage foundation the federalist society and others who on these issues Mm -hmm. will will not only speak um, truth, but it'll be a biblical-based truth that will help us articulate on these issues. I, you know, yeah. when I'm speaking to college students or, or young people mm-hmm. or for that matter, I guess in any church, they're fact-checking me real-time on their electronic <laughs> device. So I yes, need to be right, right in what I say. Right. So we we provide those resources, and you say, I don't I do know how to talk about these things. Well, that's why we're here. God's, God's given us the, the amazing uh, minds to help us provide right. the resources, right.
1: and we just give it away. It's here for every pastor in America. And that's amazing to me that you do that. In fact, at, at the close of the podcast, I want you to give the website and kind of Help direct pastors and others too, because moms and dads uh, they need to get in the front line of this as well. Sunday school teachers, people, who, anybody who has someone under them. Youth who leaders love right. what we have provided. That's incredible, important. So that kind of moves into a question I told you I probably would ask you, and that is: you were a successful pastor. I, I I've been around you enough to know you were no doubt a great pastor in many ways. So why the transition? What transitioned you to, to see this need or feel this need to move in from pastoring to this ministry that you're in today? Kind of well, Take us back and tell us, walk us through how that happened.
2: Well, well, somebody asked, how did you go in this direction? I said, kicking and screaming. It, it wasn't a, uh, I didn't want to uh-huh. per se. I mean, yeah. in 2004 in Ohio, the marriage amendment was on the ballot. And, and as a pastor in Southern Ohio, I was asked to collect petitions to get it, first of all, on the ballot. And then it got on the ballot. Then I was uh, put in a car with some different leaders and we went around the state talking to pastors about mm-hmm. talking to their folks about registering to vote and voting their biblical values. And in 2004, an amazing thing happened in the election. And I saw where the church had great influence if they just did something. Mm-hmm. Well that began the process and while I was working at Daystar at the time I began to pull in guests that began to talk about these mm-hmm. things and I as a pastor began to speak not politically but biblically to cultural issues. Right. Right. And as I the more I did that <laughs> the more the church grew mm-hmm. and people were drawn to, you know, we we've been looking for somebody to say something about this and we right, didn't know what to right. what how to how to say it or how, mm-hmm. how, you know what the Bible particularly said about mm-hmm. it. And so over the years, uh, I did that. And then when I moved to Circleville, Ohio to pastor there, it changed my realm of, uh, of uh, mm-hmm. connection, if you will, and expanded it. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of got on FRC's radar back then uh, I began see. to speak okay. at some of their events and use their materials mm-hmm. as a pastor. I took their resources. I took the, the work that they had done and employed it into – into mm-hmm. our church and and use the, the quotes and the stories and the research for myself mm-hmm. to see that I saw the value in it mm-hmm. and others did as, as well and in 2017 they asked if I would if I would do this. now I will tell you <clears throat> I, I left when I left the corporate world to go into the pastorate that wasn't something I you know uh, really wanted I was being, just being obedient to God mm-hmm. you know? right. it, it right. didn't make sense to leave that to do that, but I was following the the will of God. And then when I left the church after 15 years in in southern Ohio to go to this other one, the same instance. It wasn't something I wanted to do. It was God's call. It was definitely, assuredly, God's call for me to go from here to there. And then after seven years at that church, which, by the way, were the best years of ministry I'd ever experienced. I have nothing but the best Regards for the wonderful people at Crossroads Church in Circleville, and the church was at its best days. Mm-hmm. And God taps me and says, <laughs> "I want you to do something." That hints the kicking and screaming. That wasn't easy, was it? No, no it wasn't. No. And the the good thing is that when you step out and obey God, mm-hmm. there are, there are, there are a host of of things that happen that reassure you you did the right thing. Right. And right. so that began to happen quickly. And uh, the church realized God's call mm-hmm. for for my ministry or the ministry to to go and do this, and we're very mm-hmm. supportive and really prayed over us and sent us like missionaries into this role. And I've been doing it uh, for over three years now.
1: Yeah, and and you're a perfect fit for it. <laughs> I mean, there there's no question, Brother Tim. You are like a pastor's pastor. Um, it, just being around you and i wish everybody had the privilege to just sit down with you and have a cup of coffee because saturday mornings at nine o'clock there you go yeah and we're in fact we're drinking coffee now (laughs) folks. just for the record let it be known that we are sipping coffee as we talk but you're a pastor's pastor you you can tell that when you you that you love pastors you care deeply about pastors you've talked about pastors being on the front row and I want you to just say a few words here today, if you would, on the podcast to our pastors. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. Yes. And I don't know of a year when it's been more challenging and more difficult for pastors in America than probably the year that we faced this year. Um, if, you, if you could say a word to pastors, and maybe for all of the lay people who are listening, I just want to encourage you to, to as well, support your pastor. So this would be important for you, too. But what would you say, Mm. Brother Tim, to pastors?
2: No one on Monday thinks of Sunday but the pastor. That's right. (laughs) Not just the past Sunday, but the Mm -hmm. next Sunday. Right. Only the pastor does that. Uh, And in 22 years, I've cried and wept and lost sleep and... Loved people, and, and and married them, and buried them, and dedicated babies, mm-hmm. and you you just uh, I, I can't begin to explain the mm-hmm. burden that a pastor carries. You are never ever off. You never don't think about the church. All right. It is right. always on your mind in some way, mm-hmm. and you know only you and every only every pastor knows what a word can do. To your own emotions, <laughs> or right. a gesture, or something that happens, how it can lift you up, or and you won't show it; nobody else knows. So I, I understand all that. As we moved into the the the, the COVID uh, season in March and in April, uh, you know, we everybody was dealing with that. But mm-hmm. at FRC, we have a number of pastors who serve in different roles, and so we would talk about. You know, the weight the pastors were under, what they were carrying, how they were dealing with this, uh, the fears, financial fears, uh, on and on and on. Because, you know, you've got a lot of things planned. That's not going to happen, so you readjust. And how you do ministry is changing. So this has been one of the most tumultuous years that pastors in America have faced. Now, I know over the years pastors around the world have faced great distress, but here we are now. And I think I've watched pastors rise to the occasion around the country Mm -hmm. and step up and do more than they ever have, but they're tired and they're weary. Mm -hmm. And on one of the early calls that I think you were on, the vice president was on that call, and the president was on the call, and the vice president quoted his pastor. And I don't know if you remember this line or not, but he said his pastor in his previous week's sermon said, The church was made for times like these, or the gospel was made for times like Mm -hmm. these. And I would suggest that the pastors here today that are listening are are made for times like these. We've always relied on God's strength Mm -hmm. and God's wisdom uh, now more than ever before. And so Mm -hmm. uh, for those listening who are not pastors, love, appreciate, support Stand by your pastor. That's right, because they're they've made decisions, or they're making decisions, or they're thinking about decisions they have to make that that they've never had to think about Mm -hmm. before, Mm -hmm. and so they need your help and your love and your support and your understanding and your Mm -hmm. patience, Mm -hmm. Um, and and as they do stand, put your arms around them and love them and hold them up and encourage them. Because I think the greatest days are ahead, Pastor Mark. I I think that you know all that the church has gone through in America and around the world, and what what we have gone through as Americans uh, is going to prepare us or is preparing us for what is ahead. And with God's help, uh, we know nothing's impossible with Him. Amen. And
1: I'm so glad you shared that. And I and I want you. I told you I was going to do this. I told you it's going to do this. I want you to just kind of give us – the title of this podcast is Hope Along the Journey. And the Mm. reason I did that is because as I travel around, people are hungering for hope. They really are. They're Mm. hungry for it. And so we talked while we were filling up our cups of coffee. We were talking about this matter of whatever happens in the election, whatever happens in the economy, whatever happens with the pandemic, we have every reason to be hopeful. And I'd like for you – to just share from your heart, just for a minute or two here, just a note of hope for people. Because I believe, like Absolutely. you, there is every reason to be hopeful in spite of all that's going yeah. on. If I had a life verse, I've gotten many, I suppose, mm-hmm. but
2: if I had one verse that means the most to me, it means the most to me because of when God placed it in that place in my heart. It was during a struggle, mm-hmm. during a time of, of loss and challenge, and it's Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, mm-hmm. that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God began in us, what God has done in us, he'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our job is, um, I've heard it said years ago, a wise old pastor said, look, he said, you're in PR, God will take care of operations. You just <laughs> you just be the PR That's guy. That's good. That's really and, good. And, and he's in control of everything. Yes, he is. And so... The hope is in that reality. Right. We point people to that every week through our preaching and mm-hmm. in every sphere of their life as they're dealing with issues, look to Jesus, trust Jesus, rely upon him, draw mm-hmm. nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. As we preach these truths, I think for every pastor, is just, it's, it's living them and practicing what we preach right? because we have the greatest of hope. Um, it, we're, our hope isn't in Washington, D.C. It's not on Wall Street or in a state capitol. Our hope is in God. Mm-hmm. It has always been in God. And for every evangelical that's involved in speaking biblically to culture, they know that. You know, I get accused all the time of having my hope in government or a, or a political... Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You, you don't know me. You can't say that know me because <laughs> my hope is in Jesus Christ. That's he right. called me, Amen. and the one that called me is faithful to, to, to do it. And I'm reminded this isn't it's not my church. It's his church. It's always yes. been his church. It's his calling. It's his world. Uh, and so my hope is in him. And I uh, I want to always lift my eyes to the hills from which comes my help and, and not have any any lasting trust in anything else. I'm a citizen here. And while I am, I'm going to do everything I can to be you a bet. good one because we've been handed the greatest freedom the world's ever known That's here right. in America. That's right. We need to be good stewards of it but my hope is not built in a in a uh, in a government of this world, <laughs> yes. Uh, my hope is built in the one whose government uh, never ends. Yeah, and come what may on
1: election day, God will still be on the he throne. Still he still will be. Yes, He will. We, be. You don't have to worry about that. Oh. You can worry about the election all you want, but you don't have to worry about God. That's exactly Amen. right. That's right. Thank you for those words of hope, and and thank you, brother Tim. I cannot tell you what a privilege it is to have you on the podcast today. You busy man. You came whirling in the parking lot from from Michigan, and you pulled in here after fighting traffic and weather. You you, you downed a cup of coffee to do the podcast. You, you're, you know about need to prop your eyeballs open with toothpicks, but <laughs> but you made it, and I'm yes. glad you did. Before My we honor. wrap it up, uh, give some, some website information, give a plug for your, uh, your Facebook page, whatever you'd like to give a plug for here
2: before we close. Well, the Family Research Council's uh, website is frc.org. FRC.org, and there you can learn about our Watchman Pastors Network. Uh, you can learn about our FRC action efforts and the host of resources that are available. But at that, that FRC.org website, it's a really a moving, uh, revolving, real-time news feed for everybody. Mm-hmm. So FRC.org. My own ministry is LifePoint. It's my preaching ministry, LifePoint E. USA.org, and we just completed, as we talked earlier, this project called America, an evening with Collingsworth Family and Bob McEwen. It's on the front page of my website, and folks can grab that there and see it. Dr. Dobson, in fact, used it last week on two of his Family Talk shows. It's awesome. Featured it. It is um, awesome. People, if you haven't,
1: <laughs> friends, if you haven't seen it, you've got to yeah, see that it's, video. Uh, it's a to. great
2: piece. Yeah. And and also, I produce a minute commentary every week mm-hmm. for a number of radio stations. That's on the front page of my website. Every column that I've written is archived on my mm-hmm. blog, and you can go to that from that front page of the website. And so those are the items that I would suggest folks dial into and love to i uh, love to be there, if in, and if anybody needs anything
1: as far as resources mm-hmm. from FRC, uh, through you, right. I'm here to serve. Sure, appreciate it so very much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, I certainly am glad that you listened in today to Hope Along the Journey, and may God bless you, and especially may God bless our pastors today who are listening And we want you to know from my heart and from Brother Tim's heart and from all of us here that we deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much. Remember, in spite of all that is happening, there is hope in Jesus Christ. May God richly bless you. Have a wonderful week.
0: Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.